Pivot with Purpose, a podcast that highlights the unique stories of professionals that pivoted their careers to align with their work lives and personal lives more purposefully and with more joy. Pivot with Purpose is hosted by Megan Hull, a globally accredited career and business coach and creator of the Megan Hull Method. Welcome back to the Pivot with Purpose podcast. In this episode, we talk to April Sabrell, retail operations and leadership expert, CEO of the training platform Retail U, and author of The Positive Effect, a retail leader's guide to changing the world. Thank you for listening to Pivot with Purpose with host Megan Hull. You can find out more information about each guest, including full transcripts at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com. And if you'd like to share your own Pivot with Purpose, click on the share button and add your story to the conversation. Finally, be sure to subscribe and share your comments wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Your support amplifies our voice. And now, this week's episode. April Sabrell is a retail expert, coach, and entrepreneur with nearly three decades of excellence in global retail leadership brands, among such as Starbucks, Apple, Gap, Banana Republic, and David's Tea, and is the founder of Retail U, which provides an affordable retail-focused competency development for district and store management. In 2020, April published her first book called The Positive Effect. In this book, she shares lessons learned and her three-step leadership model that builds awareness in leaders, and how creating positive working environments is the way to retain and attract top talent. April Sabrell, Retail Powerhouse, welcome to the Pivot with Purpose podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Megan. Well, I know we have so much to cover, and I am very much looking forward to diving into all the things, leadership, Retail You, your book, The Positive Effect. But before we get started... I always love to ease in the conversation of learning something fun about you. So tell us, what is something you look forward to doing every day besides work? What are you into? (laughs) Oh my God. I go to the gym every single day. So I'm so happy to be in California now and not Toronto where the gyms are open because that's kind of my vice. (laughs) Yeah. What's your uh, workout of choice? What do you love to do? Um, Boot camp. (laughs) Boot camp and weights. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I'm sure we could have a full conversation about fitness, but we won't. So in talking about your background and the heart of this podcast, I know you have incredible career highlights and stories and really have led some amazing businesses working for also some really well-known companies in the industry. Tell us what made you fall in love with retail? I would love to hear your story about this and how you got your foot in the door and we can kind of dive into your pivots from there. Yeah, I love retail because you can make an impact and you see the results of your impact immediately. And I think that's unique compared to any other business. And what I mean by that is like if you hire somebody and you attract top talent and you can build a team, you can see the results of that team. You can also a succession plan people and promote them and see that then move on to other roles. I've met my best friends in retail, like no, along the same. way, mm-hmm. right? So it's such a people business. I fell in love with all the people that I've ever worked with. But really, it comes down to I'm a results driven leader. 
And I've worked for huge organizations like corporate organizations, but I have that entrepreneurial spirit and always have. And so I think just the fact that I can make an impact and see that impact of my results immediately transfer into what is going on around me is what made me fall in love with retail. Can you tell us about some of your most memorable career highlights as you were mentioning in the intro? I mean, working for Gap and Apple and holding a recruiting job at one point, too. So that is so interesting. I feel like you recruited, what was the number, like 10,000 or talked to like 10,000 people. Tell us about some of those memorable highlights for you? Yeah, I've done quite a few different jobs, all the way from store manager to operations leader to merchandising manager to a recruiter. Like you said, I did a Mm -hmm. short stint for about a year with Apple as a recruiter in Toronto, which was awesome, all the way up to a vice president of David's Tea over my 29 years of career, which I don't like saying that now because it makes me sound kind of old, but I'm not. I'm young and you're not old. Yeah, but um, (laughs) I think when I think about pivotal moments, the, again, moments in my career where I've been able to make that impact and see it immediately. And one that really comes to mind that I share about in the book is when we added the name to the Starbucks Cup when I was a store manager in Florida in that district. And, you know, when I moved to Canada seven years later, they asked me for my name on the cup. I was like, oh, I didn't realize it went everywhere. I I thought it was just something we were doing because we wanted to have our customers get the right cup. I managed to store on South Beach. And it was all tourists having a great time and mm-hmm. ordering frappuccinos and didn't know what they'd ordered. And so we just wanted them to get the right cup. And so it was everyone's a very... fighting for their drink. <laughs> yeah. So it was a really simple idea. It didn't yeah. cost the company anything, but it made a huge impact. It made sure our customers got the right drink and then what happened next. So that's a really pivotal moment. I think about also when I was at Banana Republic and I moved from Miami to Toronto with Banana Republic. I was part of a modern store group of leaders. And what we were doing at that time was reshaping how the stores were structured in terms of management. And so I was on this very small pilot team. I got to go to San Francisco. I got to you know, spend time with the VPs. And that was a pivotal moment because it sparked that desire to create more and make an impact again. And then when I went to Toronto, I was able to kind of help them roll it out up there. So I've got two more really mm-hmm. good ones. And when I was at Apple, I got put in a recruitment role, which I know that you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'd never been a recruiter before. I mean, I'd been a recruiter in my roles and hiring talent onto my team, but not at that scale. Working at Apple, like everybody wants to work at Apple. So there was such an amazing pool of candidates. And so one of the things that I wanted to be able to do was make sure that those candidates got a really good experience And so we did market hiring seminars. And at the end of the seminar, we sent out surveys, kind of like net promoter score surveys for candidates to see how the experience went. So it kind of put the emphasis on all of us that were holding the seminars to create a really good experience. And so that was really pivotal for me because I learned recruitment skills. I learned what it means to give the candidate a really great experience and also how to show up in interviews and kind of get prepared for that candidate experience, which I really hadn't thought about before. So that really changed the way that I recruited and interviewed going forward. When I went into stores all across Canada, people were just so excited that they had got the job. When you give somebody their dream job, it's kind of exciting, right? It's awesome. Yeah. That was really cool. And then the last one really, I think, was when I was at David's Tea. It was so memorable for me because it was my one role where I had led 250 stores. 
We won awards for customer service. We had amazing fans. We had Facebook groups of like, I think they're still there, 10,000, 12,000 fans on Facebook. But the one thing I loved about that, that really I learned a lot and it was pivotal for me was the whole not hiring to a profile per se. Because in fashion, along the way, you're always trying to reflect the brand somewhat. And I I think Apple taught me that Apple doesn't have a fit. It has people that have learning agility. And so when I took that to David's tea, it was all about creating diversity and embracing all different types of people and creating that inclusive environment. And really, that's what created that special culture that we had. And it was all around people and just their love for tea and product knowledge. And so I just think about those moments. And there's so many things we did within David's Tea when I was there. But those are ones that stand out for me. It's something about like food and beverage that really, truly brings us together in a much different way, right? It's almost like a cult following, like, sure, fashion's cool. But you ever talk to somebody about what you love to eat <laughs> or like a special <laughs> drink? You're like, oh my God, I love that. And this is what I get. That's amazing that you've had such a wonderful career and, and so many interesting pivots and maybe putting you on the spot here. Is there any role that was your favorite for you and, and maybe why that you've held? Any sort of special Ooh. role that you've really loved? <laughs> There's been so many great roles. That's such a hard question to answer. I think that for me, when I look at my career, it's about enjoying the journey and getting to where I was. And so every role I held, I loved. Every role I held, I enjoyed. Because I don't think about my title and the company. I think about the leader I want to be for the people that I'm working with. And so I could say I have a bias towards food and beverage. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. when I worked at Starbucks, it was such an amazing job because you had your local community. I transferred from London, the UK when they were opening there to Miami. And just being part of a new community and being that person that somebody came to get their coffee at 10 o'clock every day and getting that smile, it was more of a service industry. Yes, we had to make sales and yes, we had to add on, but very different experience. When I came full circle and ended my traditional retail career at David's Tea, I was back in that kind of service environment and connection with customers on a product that they loved yeah if I was going to do something again it would definitely be within I think food and beverage because I just love that experience with the customers you just know them more intimately fashion right. a bit different right fashion yeah. is you're you're helping people feel beautiful and body shape and confidence and all of that stuff but yeah there's something that like you said we connect over a cup of tea or a cup of coffee right and it's something that's so routine in our lives and honestly it can affect the mood of the day. Anyone that knows me well, including family, they know they can't talk to me between the hours of seven and nine until I have a couple of cups of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, do not approach Megan. But it's something you look forward to, right? Every day you might not walk in banana and buy a shirt, but every day you're going down to Starbucks, you're ordering your favorite drink. Like it makes you feel good, brings back memories, brings people together. So I agree with you. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So where did this idea for Retail You come up? I would love to hear a little bit more about the platform, what you're offering. Tell us a little bit more about your incredible training and development platform, Retail You. Yeah, it came about really because about five years ago, I had leaders that worked with me previous life in different companies. And because I was always known for creating really great um, leadership development programs and really good IDPs for people, I've had people that have called me over the years And I've mentored them on that. And so they would call me and they'd say, hey, April, you know that form that you had, that IDP form or that 
problem solving or whatever it was to do with leadership development that I'd done with them in the past because I created a ton of tools along my way. They would just ask me for it. And I was like, instead of people just calling me and me sending out emails all the time with mm-hmm. tools and resources, yeah. Yeah. I could just create a blog and, and put some downloads on it and just be like, here's the link, here's the download and just go and download it. So it really started off from people asking me for tools and resources that I'd worked with them in the past. It just kind of evolved from there. When I became a John C. Maxwell coach, I was teaching his masterminds. And one person along the way just said to me that, what if you created your own content? And I was like, I hadn't thought about that because I was just thinking about using his tools and resources to do training. So yeah, so it just evolved over time and it became a platform full of everything that I've taught leaders over the years, leadership competencies in bite-sized on-demand video format with worksheets and downloadable tools and things like that. And we launched it in August 2019 officially, but I'd kind of been working on it in the background for the previous year and a half. And now it's a platform where a career-driven manager that wants to develop their own skills, maybe they're not getting the support that they need, can go on and develop their skills, kind of like a LinkedIn learning. Or companies can buy it for their teams as well. And right now, I think it's a good time because teams are mean and lean right now, right? Like Mm -hmm. learning and development teams because of what everybody's gone through in the last year. So they can get in contact or go on and, and buy a membership and get access to all the courses. Yeah, and start developing their leadership skills. And the clients that we have, it's creating this consistency of leadership language. It's not things you don't know. You know how to build a team. Mm-hmm. You kind of read books about it. But what this will do is give you practical activities. And when I was at David's Tea, one of the things I did as the VP, even when I was talking to my directors, we would pick a competency every week. And we would talk about it on our conference call for about 10 minutes on our sales conference call. And then that would trickle down to the DMs and then to the store managers. And so that's another reason why I wanted to create Retail U because I realized that they didn't have the content to have those conversations. It was being driven primarily through me or Mm -hmm. they were spending a lot of time, district managers, looking for TED Talks, looking for YouTube, looking for all these different things. And I was like, man, if we could just create this amazing resource, they could just coach their teams and use the resources instead of having to go and make their own then that's saving them time and putting them where they need to be. So we're just really operationalizing leadership development. And I know you and I have talked about this connected before. I think it's also great for someone looking to advance their career and pick up new skills and learnings to have on their resume. Do you agree that it's something that could be really useful for someone looking to advance? And who should sign up for Retail You beyond who you talked (laughs) about already? What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I do. Because I do think that when I started taking certification programs seven to eight years ago, so eight years ago, nine years ago now, well, actually, if I think about it, I took situational leadership one about 15 years ago. It's really what helped me grow in my career. I would say, yes, I had great opportunities, had great teams, worked for great companies. But a lot of my leadership development personally was Mm self-driven. So I think anybody can sign up for it. If you're a career-driven leader and you want to get promoted, it's not just for store managers. I think if you're a key holder, you're a system manager and you're looking for that leadership development and it's affordable, right? Because the price point is super affordable and we've made it that way intentionally because we know retail managers don't get paid a ton of money. So we've made it accessible. And also we just launched the Retail You coaching certification and it's a 14-week cohort program and that's for people that really want to elevate their leadership skills, their coaching skills and we're teaching presentation facilitation skills because one thing that I think 
everybody needs is public speaking, how to hold an offsite, how to hold a meeting with your team and how to create those presentations. So that's going on right now. And we've launched it with 10 leaders. And it's a mixture actually from store managers all the way up to director level. But the learnings and what they're getting out of this right now is phenomenal. And I just can't wait to launch it again live so that more people can sign up. But I would say anybody that's really driven to learn. I'm a learner first. And I think leaders Mm -hmm. need to be learners. Yeah, agree. And on the topic of leadership, and say thank you so much for going into that. And we will link all the amazing information about Retail U and how people can sign up for the platforms and the program. I I always love to pivot to a topic before we go to a quick (laughs) break. I'll, you know, leave you with a yes or no question, but a topic that you and I are very passionate about, which is leadership, as you've been talking about. But before we go into a break, Yes or no, thinking about the teams and and what everyone went through in 2020. Are you seeing a shift in leaders in how they operate through the mindset of having the best interest of their teams in the forefront of their decisions? Absolutely, yes. And with that, we will be going to a quick break and we will pick this up after we get back. Okay, April, before the break, you said yes. So talk to us about some of those examples of an effective leader that you are seeing thriving right now through all that we've been through, getting excited for 2021 and seeing this wonderful momentum shift in the business. It's getting busy out there, right? So (laughs) what are some examples and how does a leader know if they're doing it right? Yeah, I think right now, because of what's happened, there's a lot of leaders that are stepping up, investing in themselves and realizing what they need to learn and change to actually be a better leader for the next 10 years of retail, Uh, particularly about creating inclusive environments, showing more empathy, focused on people first. So I do think it's about the intention around that is shifted. It's definitely people are aware of it. And leaders that I speak to particularly want to incorporate programs that can kind of be rolled out and like train their leaders to be able to do this. But the one thing I would say is it's good to have intention and be aware of this, but it's another thing to take action and actually change it. So what I would say around that is that one of the biggest leadership skills, I think, that people need to focus on is um, leading with awareness, which is what I talk about in the book, right? And I know we're going to get into that in a bit, but like mm-hmm. it really is about the ACT model. And it's funny because when it came out last year, I just wrote how I led for the last 25 years. But it's even more relevant today. And what I'm finding is through the coaching program that I'm leading right now, the leaders are really diving into the accept piece of the model. And that's because it's all around helping people feel supported. And so that's always been important, (laughs) Uh right? But even more so now, there's a higher accountability for not to just think it's important to do something about it. So I think we're going to see more of that, more empathy, more understanding more bringing your whole self to work and that's why last year we rolled out that wellness course how to meditate right Mm -hmm. self-care you gotta have a Mm self-care program if you don't have a self-care program you're not really a great leader and I think that is really important for people to consider today as part of a leadership skill or a leadership competency I think it's another way to bring teams together so you're talking about self-care and really promoting that at the workplace right like having some offerings 
Yeah. It's so special for all that we've been through and God bless the retail teams going through 2020 and getting back into stores. It's a lot and it's still a highly emotional environment and really being sensitive to needs and flexibility still right now. Any other qualities that you truly feel make up a great leader and why is it so important to have these qualities? What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I think listening to learn makes up a good leader. And what I mean by that is when you're going into conversations and you're participating with people on your team, whether it be cross-functional, whether it be people that report into you, just having this ear to listen to learn. Active listening was trained for many, many years, right? Like years Mm -hmm. ago, I was trained on active listening. But listening to learn takes it to a different level because listening to learn means you're really seeking understanding And you're really trying to understand that person's perspective and point of view. And so if you go into situations and conversations thinking that you're going to listen to learn, you won't already have in your mindset what you want the outcome to be. Because I think a lot of us as leaders, right, we have this goal or trajectory or strategy that we want to roll out. And we go into conversations trying to influence everybody really to get where we're going. And, and that is a part of great leadership because we need to drive results and we need to get our team to deliver results because without results, we wouldn't have a business and we wouldn't be able to hire people, right? Let's be real. Mm-hmm. But I do think that if you don't have this perspective of listening to learn and having an open mind when you're going into conversations, you're going to miss a lot. I can't tell you, Megan, how many conversations I've been in where I've been with a leader, with somebody in the direct report team. And that leader walks away from the conversation thinking that they had a really great conversation and they're like, oh, that went really well. And I'm looking at the body language on the other person and I'm like, that didn't go as well as what you think it did. How come you don't see that? And so I think that today, more than ever, because that brings up the whole empathy philosophy that's being talked about a lot. But I really think listening to learn, you're going to miss a lot if you don't go into conversations with that mindset. Yeah. And like you said, already knowing what you think the outcome is. I mean, yes, we have to get the buy-in, but you can't uh, change the frequency in a person (laughs) that much. That's a really powerful uh, statement and great advice. And I would love to talk more about Positive Effect, this incredible book that you have and that you put out last year. So who did you write this book for? And talk a little bit about the inspiration behind it. Yeah, it was inspired because I kept getting asked, actually, at Retail U, what's your leadership philosophy? What's your structure? Mm -hmm. What's your model? Mm -hmm. Situational leadership has a model. And 4D, how NASA built teams, has a model. And like at Retail U, we had a whole different load of competency courses, but it wasn't really umbrellaed under like a style or a a methodology. And so I really contemplated that because people kept asking me when we were talking about Retail U. And I thought, you know what? I just want to put down how I lead and then share that with others. Because obviously, I did something right. I got to where I was and I had people follow me around Mm -hmm. for many years from different companies. And so I wanted to inspire kind of that leadership and teach it out. So I emailed a ton of people that worked for me in the past. And I asked them if you had to put my leadership style down into three words, what would it be? And we got about 50 emails back. It was really funny, actually, kind of going through it. I was quite surprised with how many people responded, but they did. And then we got these three main themes that came out of how they felt when they worked for me. Number one was they always felt supported. Now, people can say that whenever you talk to any leader really enjoying their job or net promote scores are high for their engagement in the company, it's because they feel supported. But 
really, what does support mean? Because every time I went to stores and they said that to me, oh, yeah, I feel supported by my leader, I'd unpack that. I'd be like, okay, talk to me about what that means. And I think that I'm a very supportive leader. And so when I unpacked how I supported my teams, it was really helping them feel accepted for who they were. Because I don't judge them. I don't have any biases. I could stay in a place of neutrality all the time and not bring the past into the future, which always made them be in the present moment. And again, I was always listening to learn and not judging them. And so that accept pillar really breaks down how to do that as a leader, how to really help people feel supported and be accepted for who they are. Because none of us want to show up in a job and have to be somebody else. Right? We've all had those yeah. experiences oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and it just doesn't feel good. And I think those times of leading and showing up for somebody else has got to change. So that's the first. And then the second pillar is create, which is I always really believe in energy and the law of cause and effect. Having an American hippie mother that used to send me all of this hay house stuff early in my 20s. I really learned it and studied it and realized that thinking time and what you think about comes about is really important. We Mm -hmm. read meditation, we read self-help books, but like, do we really practice this in the business world? Not so much because we're always in action and we're always doing, especially when you're leading and you've got responsibilities. So I really break down how I created these experiences and how I did that by using thinking time meditation, mindfulness, and like putting thinking time in my calendar, and then how I create and envision experiences for people. And then the last pillar is teach. And I think every leader needs to see themselves as a teacher. If you are a teacher and a coach and mentor, then you won't get frustrated with people. And I don't get frustrated with people because I would always see an opportunity to teach somebody something versus like, why don't they know this? I told them 10 times already because I hear so many leaders say that. And that's not taking a coach approach. So I really wanted to put how I led into a book to inspire others to lead the same way because it's a philosophy that worked for me. Well, and I know for the positive effect, you really talk about bringing that energy into stores and teams environments and and really bringing up the space. And I feel like it's so important for the success of the business that leaders do bring that positive energy in the stores and environments and for the days that we may have leaders that are not feeling so great or down and out, any of your motivating tips you can give us to stay motivated out there and keep team motivated through tough times, which surely we experienced in 2020. I'm sure we will get through some tough times again. So what are some of your tips or advice to bring positive energy into the stores? Yeah, I think you have to first of all realize that you're human, right? But you are human and you can have a bad day. However, when you're a leader, you have a responsibility to bring everybody Mm -hmm. up all the time. I think first of all, you got to have that mindset where you have a responsibility. But if you are having a bad day, you've got to figure out what those mechanisms are, or triggers that can help you get out of the funk, right? And so I think they're different for everybody. I think if you're Uh, A visual learner watching a video might be something that you could do like a TED talk or something like that. If you're an audible learner, then listen to some podcasts, some meditation. If you're somebody that likes to write things down, write down some affirmations. Like I am a really positive person, I have to say. Uh (laughs) I'm naturally like this all the time because I'm optimistic, right? I'm like rosy colored Mm -hmm. glasses. Everything's fine. But Mm -hmm. I do have days where I'm not feeling as confident or I'm feeling a little bit insecure with myself. And so that I am human. 
But for me, what I tend to do is I write affirmations in a notepad. So I always have a notepad wherever I am, right? And I just start writing because the act of writing positive affirmation that works for me, it just changes my mindset and gets me into that kind of creative energy space. Because I think when you're in a creative space, which is the front part of your brain, right? It's been proven that you're more positive, you're more optimistic. So I think you have to be able to shift there. And there's a really great book actually called Change Your Questions, Change Your Life. And that book by Marilee Adams is all about that. When you get to this place of being in a bad state or a negative state, how do you then make the choice to shift out of it? And I don't think it's easy for everybody. I'm not discounting that there's a myriad of different personalities and different experiences we've all gone through. But if you're going to take on a leadership role, then you kind of need to know that you're going to have to find those mechanisms to kind of switch gears really, really fast. So there's yeah. so many different things. But meditation for me is huge and um, because it gets me present and stops me worrying. You know, us women, we worry a lot, right? We got like twenty things going on all the time. Yes. And so that's why we launched the meditation course with Sarah last year on the Retail You platform and we did meditation challenges through the big COVID crisis because we wanted to teach leaders how to stop worrying and get back to that place of neutral. And actually it was really, really good. Oh, I bet that was so helpful. Mm. I know we talk about it a lot, like sitting still with this anxiety, a lot of PTSD out there. There's just a lot of emotions and you got to feel the feels. But like you said, as a leader, sometimes got to keep pushing through and, and do the things or maybe create a ritual on the days you're not feeling so great. I love writing affirmations too. I have all post-its around me. I know you can't <laughs> see April, but <laughs> what is my post-it next to me say? Everything is always working out for me. So you have mm. the days where everything goes wrong, right? Tech with podcasts, (laughs) like things happen and you just are like, why is this happening to me? Or you don't get the job and you have to turn it around. Yeah. Yeah, And it goes back to like create in the Mm -hmm. act leading with awareness pillar is all about this, what you think about. And it gives you like these ideas of how to change your mindset because what you create is reality, right? So we've all got to be really responsible for that. You go to the gym, you'll get results. You got to focus on your mind. If you don't, you won't get results. (laughs) So what it is. Such a powerful statement. Well, you are just a wealth of tools and knowledge between retail you and this book sold. For any leaders listening that do not have both of these things, highly recommend. (laughs) It seems like you will be able to really put yourself on a great track and April is so fantastically positive. So we love you for that. And to keep on your positivity and excitement, what is exciting you most about the future of retail? What are you seeing out there? I know you're still so connected to the business. Yeah. 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 I'm so excited about retail because I think that For as much as there's been doom and gloom in the last year, there's been some things that have really accelerated change, right? Mm -hmm. Like the whole online shopping of like virtually shopping with your salesperson in a store and all the skills that everybody in the stores are going to learn with that. That's super exciting. I just think about new brands popping up. There's always going to be a brand that kind of disappears, but there's always going to be a new brand that pops up. So I'm really excited about that. In the last year, I've connected with more retail leaders in roles in different brands than I ever have before. And so I think that that collaboration versus beat your competitor kind of mentality is kind of coming into our industry more. And I'm really excited about that because we can all win. There's there's room for everybody, right? Yeah, so I'm excited about that. I think the technology on the front end has really made such a difference. And there's been so many things that have helped the employee experience. What I'd love to see is more on the back end of the buying side and supply chain technology really innovating because there's legacy 
softwares need some change. So that would be exciting if somebody could solve all of those issues. I know. Right. Putting you know, it out there. But yeah, well, it's exciting. It is. And um, to put you in the hot seat and then we'll wrap this up. I love this question as true blue retailers. I know between you and me, Ron Thurston, like all our friends out there. What do you say to someone that says brick and mortar retail is dead business? <laughs> I'm like, stop it. Stop know, saying like, that. <laughs> beat it. <laughs> uh, no, it's not dead. It's not. It's just evolving. And Aww. it's evolved as long as I've been on the planet and I've been in retail for nearly 30 years now. It's always mm-hmm. evolved, right? Like there's always going to be parts that disappear and new brands that innovate and come up and it's evolving. But I do think that shopping is just, people love shopping. Yes. And we've all been in, like separated for a year. Like people now where I'm in California now, people are enjoying going out and having that human experience again. So I think that high touch is coming back. So it is. Yeah. Yeah. Stop and saying it's, so, it's dead. It's not that, dead. It's not dead. <laughs> but it's so cool to see other areas of the business like store design and architect, like really creating these like new store concepts to keep everybody feeling great and comfortable. And technology obviously will only continue to advance. Yeah. So thank you for addressing that with me. <laughs> so how can our listeners find you and engage with you, join Retail You? Tell us how we can reach out and stay in touch. Yeah. So I love it when people connect with me on LinkedIn because I've got a huge network there. And uh-huh. um, I love to help people connect with other people, especially if they're looking for jobs and things like that. Because I know that you do recruitment, Megan, and I have a, a massive network on my LinkedIn now. So there and then just go on retailu.ca people always say .com, it's .ca, and it's like you for university, and you can sign up. There's free downloads, so you can become a free member using the free downloads tools. There's a ton of tools on there. Or sign up for a membership and just get in touch with us through there. And if you're listening to this and you have a team of people, you can just shoot us an email through the site, really. That's the best way to get in touch with us. And your book, The Positive Effect, I know you're on Amazon, and you can purchase that pretty much through the Google machine, right? Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we're on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, we, we self-publish, so we're on yeah. Amazon. And if you want to grab a ton for your team, because I know some people now are starting to approach us, like, can we get some for our team? You can just email us through the site, and we'll get you a book discount. Yeah. Perfect. That's mm-hmm. so wonderful. You have these awesome LinkedIn chats that you're doing with leaders across all different industries that... I know you have on Wednesdays at 12, right? And then they're saved and they can find them also on your LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know yeah. how that happened. It's amazing. It's yeah. just awesome. But yeah, it's actually on Spotify now. It's called The Positive Effect, April Sobral. Oh. So you can listen to them on there. But if you want to watch them, they're usually posted on the Retail You page on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And it's 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we have people joining from all over the place. And we just have conversations about retail careers, really. And everyone's so engaging and asking questions. So it's a pretty active platform, everyone. Check yeah. it out. <laughs> well, April, thank you so much for sharing your career pivot stories and all of your expert insight into what makes a great leader and how we can truly better spread the positive effect everywhere we go. So I hope our listeners will take full advantage of signing up for Retail You and for those looking for a continuing education or to build on their new skills that truly will help land a dream job or just become a stronger leader um, for the future of this business. And do not forget to check out April's book, The Positive Effect. And we look forward to keeping our eye on you and all that you're doing. And thank you for all that you do for this industry. We really appreciate you here at Pivot With Purpose as well. So thanks for your time, April. Oh, thanks, Megan. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. It's time for another Megan Hool Method Takeaway of the Week. This week, I want to talk about positive working environments, something we all need to experience now more than ever. From my talk with April Sabrell, in this episode around her book, The Positive Effect, 
Leading with a positive attitude against all odds is the key to a successful team environment. Want to know the secret to finding your ideal working environment? It starts with due diligence in the interview process. Asking the right questions will give you all you need to open your eyes before you even step into the door about how a company operates. In your next interview, I want you to ask these questions. First, you can ask, how would someone describe working here? Or you could be more direct to ask the interviewer specifically, what gets you most excited to come to work every day? You can save a lot of time and future success carefully vetting the company of interest and listening for cues on how they align to your core values as you navigate the interview process. Joining and or leading a positive team environment that gets you excited to come to work every day is truly the best thing you can do for your mental health and overall happiness and for those around you. I hope you found this tip helpful and stay tuned for more Megan Hula Method tips this season on Pivot with Purpose. Pivot with Purpose with host Megan Hull is a fashion consort production and part of the FC Podcast Network. It is produced and directed by Phil, a.k.a. Corinne. And a special thank you to Spencer Powell for our theme music. Learn more at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram at pivotwithpurpose underscore podcast.